You are listening to the 108 Bricks podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod and get involved with the conversation using the hashtag 108 Bricks. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Facebook too. Go ahead and give us a like. And we post the latest Cubs news and updates right there, and you can get involved with each show on Facebook and Twitter. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks Podcast. I am Dylan Buckwhites. I'm Curtis Koch. And we're here to talk all Cubs news, even though there still has not been much of it uh, since our last episode of recording. But first things first, we're going to start it out with some good news, because as I'm looking out my window over the uh, snow-covered everything in the frozen lake, and it's like 13 degrees outside here in Chicago. There is the day you guys will be listening, 17 days until spring training, uh, until pitchers and catchers report, and then everyone can go down to Arizona and be nice and warm, and then it'll probably be snowing for opening day. But um, actually, opening day is in Texas this year, so they'll be a little safe with that. But when they come back to Chicago, I'm sure it'll be well, snowing for the Hopefully, home I mean, did you see? I mean, we had all this cold weather the last week in Florida. It was 40 degrees the other day. Well, luckily, the Cubs are not reporting to Florida for spring training. Yeah, but I know, but I mean, still just in the. Oh, it's been cold everywhere. And, yeah, it's just been cold everywhere. So hopefully that doesn't translate into April and uh, we get some snow outs or rain outs or whatever the weather conditions <laughs> might be we, around we, that time. Our opening day last year got snowed out and. That that opening, those opening couple months to the season last year were rough. We had yeah. there was a lot of rainouts and a lot of snowouts or weather related incidents that were either affecting the outcome of games or affecting the game even happening itself. So hopefully we don't see that this year. But just keeping that keep that in mind, we're closing in on all two weeks away from spring training. Pitchers and catchers will start reporting, but with that being said, there is seventeen days and. Tell the Cubs need to find the rest of their bullpen. Yeah. Um, Cubs con came and went. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we're still at a point where the Cubs don't have a complete bullpen. And there's yeah. still a lot of good names out there on the market to go get. And it's and- kind of interesting to see what's going to happen with that, especially with the top name free agents still holding out. Yeah. And the more and more that these, I mean, because we found out the last few weeks that the Cubs pretty much are completely out on Bryce Harper, which I really have a hard time because I know the Ricketts are saying, oh, we don't really need him or whatnot. And I, I disagree with that because, I mean, you have a chance to make your team better. So you, you may not necessarily, quote unquote, need him, but you should have a desire to want to sign him. And I think the Ricketts just holding off. And I understand the payroll flexibility and all that stuff, but you have the chance to make a 95 win team better. I mean, look at the Red Sox when they won their World Series this year. They were a hundred and what, hundred and eight win team, yeah, last year. And the American League is just so good with the Yankees getting stronger. And now that the division in the Cubs has gotten stronger, with the Reds getting just recently Sony Gray. I mean, you have a, a really tough road to the World Series this year. And why not make your team better uh, across it, the? It's all just fronts? weird, given that weird. if they're they're going out and announcing all of these the fact that they're not in on 
the big name guys, then why not start and go uh, at the reliever market? Because there's already a lot of the big names he went off. You let Jesse Chavez go to Texas for a two-year deal. Uh, Adam Adovino went over to the Yankees. The Cubs could have been in on that. Uh, just a bunch of other guys out there who could have been great relievers to buff up the bullpen are already now with teams because those teams that basically aren't in on that huge free market craze are signing them. And yeah. there are still there are still a lot. The Cubs, you may see the Cubs may go after Justin Wilson again. Uh, Craig Kimbrell's still on the market. He's he's pretty decent. That's who uh, I want the Cubs to get. I, I would love he's, to see. He's probably the biggest name out there right now in terms of relief pitchers. And then they can just sort of fill in with whatever they have later. But Well, but not only that, he's still uh, relatively at a, a younger age. He's only 31, and he's still one of the best closers in baseball. I mean, just his mm-hmm. stuff in general is still very electric. I would love to see him on the back end, and I would love the the one-two punch the Cubs would have with Morrow in the eighth when he comes back healthy, and then Kimbrel in the ninth. And then if you want to give Kimbrel a, a day off, you bring in Morrow to close out a game or something like that. You know, there's there's ways to do it. But, yeah, no, like you were saying, there are a lot of names out there. Tyler Clippert is still out there. Justin Wilson, we said earlier. Zach Duke. Uh, Greg Holland who had a, an okay year uh, with the Rockies before. I think he was actually traded or, or you know, he signed with the, um, I'm sorry, excuse me. He signed with the the Cardinals and he wasn't too good. Um, but I would, I would like to see him and just as for, in terms of depth, um, there's still a lot of names out there that I think the Cubs should be interested in. And yeah. In a lot of the times it is, is like when you're, especially with bullpens in this day and age, you sort of just build it with the pieces you're offered a lot of one year deals and you see, teams every year a team's always rebuilding their bullpen uh, around you always have your few key guys but you always are signing there's always new names there's always new faces that you see going in there Mm -hmm. and these are always the deals that get done last but with the fact that pitchers and catchers are reporting in almost less than two weeks now one would think that the Cubs would start signing players. And while well, we're recording this on the 23rd and watch now between Wednesday and Friday of our upload, they go ahead and sign some big <laughs> so, name and, and do something. And we just look like total idiots right now, but <laughs> we're going to do it anyways and record it and still criticize them for not doing it. And, and part of the reason is Harper and Machado, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, if you're not in on Harper and Machado, then what are you doing? Like, what are you going to go after? this year i mean there's still a because lot you're of... not in on these guys you have you still have money to spend you still have needs you need to fill on the team you don't have a veteran catcher for backup are you gonna go uh again with carantini for the year and see how that goes uh, it's gonna That's be what it seems like it, at least from that standpoint i don't think i mean i really don't see the cubs going after a guy like this is a guy that i would like to see on the cubs just in terms of as a veteran presence Matt Wieters, I think, would be a, a good pickup for maybe a, a two-year deal. Um, he was with the Nationals the last few years, and he was previously with the Orioles. Um, I think he would definitely be worth a, a veteran sort of leadership to kind of guide um, a Wilson Contreras, who I think, since Contreras has been the guy, he hasn't had the the veteran kind of over his shoulder telling him like how to properly prepare himself and everything. I mean, he had Miguel Montero, but then... We know how that story that, left, yeah. and then I mean they had Alex Avila in for half a season too, um, but nothing really turned out out of that. And they still have Victor Carantini, like we said, who is a solid player. But I would still like to see a, a Matt Weeders come 
or maybe an AJ somebody Ellis. sort of veteran uh, presence because yeah. you gotta remember well this is still Wilson Contreras this is his only third year in the league yeah now and so it's gonna be hard it's third year in the league second full year in the league yeah. if I know yeah, yeah you're right yeah second yep yeah, second full year in the yeah, league he came so up he's still 2016 young he still has a lot to learn and yes, he will. He's definitely starter catcher quality, but there's still things he can learn. And I think almost everyone out there in Chicago is like he needs a veteran behind him, someone who can teach him, someone who can just sort of keep showing him the ropes, getting him more and more into the groove of being the everyday starting catcher. And then uh, the other glaring problem I see is this whole second baseman what's what are we going to do it seems like the cubs are pretty adamant on giving addison russell a second chance um but what do you do for the the 30 something odd games that you don't have him for the year and and it's going to be weird because i think we're going to be seeing maybe more ian happ in the infield um i I think it's just going to be a three-way split between daniel descalzo ben zobrist and ian happ depending on who's going that day and you know joe madden loves messing with those lineups and i wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing three different guys at those positions maybe even four if you consider javi Baez going there once in a while unless he's permanently at shortstop but you may just start seeing that rotation until addison comes back and who knows if when addison comes back he was even fully ready to go yeah i don't think ian happ is in the equation at second base personally because i think you look at the infield that the Cubs have. I mean, we mentioned it wouldn't you know, surprise me to see it happen, though. No, no pun intended. Um, I would like to see <laughs> um, personally, I think Zobras and Descalso will split the time. However, I think instead of Ian Happ being that third guy in the mix, I think we would see David Bodie in the mix um, to get his bat in the lineup. I think Ian Happ is more of a corner outfielder or center fielder. Um, on this team, more he does than take anything. time in the infield, though, he and he does. has done time in the infield. No, he has, and I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I'm with the the current roster that the Cubs have. I think um, they're still kind of hoping that you get a, a a big year offensively out of Kyle Schwarber. And Schwarber stepped up defensively. He's been much better defensively. We saw that many times last year. Um, however, I don't think we'll see. Ian Happ in the infield much with the the current roster of players and especially once Addison Russell comes back then it's really going to be interesting to see how they handle that infield situation because you just have so many guys that could be looking for time and especially like we said with Zobras too Zobras had a good year last year um batting just over 300 um I think we could see just a ton of different lineups which could end up playing in the Cubs favor um going forward because you get guys different days off and you can shuffle guys in and out of the lineup. And um, a lot of people think that that could be a bad thing because some baseball players want to play almost every day, which is fine. But push come to shove, it's been proven before that when you mix up the lineups and, I mean, you look at the Cubs and the Dodgers as the two teams in the National League who have really done a good job of doing that. And both of them have had really long storied successes in the playoffs. The Cubs getting that World Series in 2016 and, you know, three straight NLCS appearances in the wild card and the Dodgers back-to-back World Series appearances. Um, and unfortunately just getting that falling at the realms of the American league teams and the Astros and the Red Sox. But when you mix out around your lineups, you really get a sense as to what, um, you can do and get guys rest. And then they're more well rested and prepared for the playoffs, especially in terms of avoiding injuries too. Yeah. And it, it, we talk about that a lot of making sure the guys get the rest, especially last year with that sort of crazy schedule they had, but it's kind of interesting, too, is because 
with the lineups that we see from the Cubs is he, they will they'll never go with the guy who's like the hot bat. You know what I mean? Like obviously you'll see guy you'll see all of your everyday starters, but you could have a guy go three for four with a home run and Joe Madden will sit him to the next day mm-hmm. because of the depth that the Cubs have. And I think some people see that as a weakness. Some people see it as a strength. Um, I, I, I kind of view it a little weird because it's like, well, if this guy's hitting really well, if Bodie's on fire, like give him more playing time, get him, get him in as many at bats as possible because you want the guy hitting as much, as much as it, as it is playing the matchup and playing what, um, looks better on paper. Like the Cubs looked great on paper the past couple of years and they fizzled out. So obviously baseball isn't all about a game of numbers and matchups and all that, but sometimes like, especially with who they have. I, I, I don't want to see them rotating lineups as much. Um, although with the the current players they have in the situation, it's, it's bound to happen. We're going to be seeing like eight different guys at um, shortstop and like 8,000 other different people everywhere. So it, it'll be tough, but I don't know. It, it they, they have the pieces they need bat wise. I just still want to look towards that bullpen and, and, finalizing that and making sure that they're solid down the line. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at all across the the board um, with this Cubs roster, I mean, really the only way I think you can kind of handle the, the roster appropriately is I think you do have to get rid of at least some guy um, on the team. And I, I hate to say it cause I really like Schwarber, but I think Schwarber is still the guy that needs to be, considered to be moved because, to the American league. Yeah. And I, not even just that, <laughs> but I mean for pitching or for uh, arm bullpen arm depth or something like that. I mean, when you look at how the Cubs haven't done so in free agency this year, I mean, a lot of good relief pitchers that they could have used for depth have been uh, signed pretty much already. I mean, the one guy I would have really been intrigued with getting would have been, was uh, from the Red Sox and uh, Joe Kelly. Um, he had, yeah. a, or cause he signed a three-year deal with the Dodgers and he throws just nearly about a hundred miles an hour. He wouldn't be your closer, but to have him as a setup guy or as a middle relief guy, just to kind of switch things up from, you know, if you go to for to Lester for six, have Kelly come in for the seventh. Now you're looking like a, a three-headed monster heading into the eighth and ninth with Morrow and and possibly a, a Craig Kimbrell or something in the back end of your bullpen. And that's um, where it sits. But I, I really think that they need to, in order to maximize the potential of this lineup, they do need to make one move to get a guy out. And I saw some rumors that the Cubs were talking to the Padres about a David Bodie trade, um, which would be interesting. Um, I don't know if, if Bodie is, is the right guy to be the, the man out because he had a, a pretty good solid year last year. And um, outside of his rookie year, Schwarber never really had the rebound from that injury that we kind of thought he would. And I mean, even though he's uh, lost weight and he's put on, and he's done a pretty good job in left field defensively, his offense hasn't been, as consistent as we had hoped. Um, and that's been kind of the struggle for the, for him. And it will be the struggle for him going forward. Um, but anyways, I, I think it's just a matter of time before we see at least one piece moved, because I think we're going to see a similar situation that we have the last two years where it's just a log jam of players trying to crack that lineup every day. And it could end up being a problem as much as it seems like, um, it'll be interesting when they come back. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's funny is that's been like the biggest problem of the Cubs for the past and like year, year and a half, I'd say is people were always saying, it's like, wow, you have way too many players and so little positions. And so 
I think it's going to be like, well, at some point, when do you start getting rid of these players? When do you just wait till 2021? And then you finally start dumping the guys who don't perform as well. And then you don't get as much value or do you just try to buff up now? It's like, I think that's also where a lot of this stress and anger comes from this offseason is because the Cubs right now are still viewed to be in their championship window. They have the young core. They have the guys who can do it. They've gone. They have the experience to go all the way. They've gone all the way. Now, make sure go out and get whatever pieces you need. So that way you are constantly competing making going making deep runs in the playoffs not fizzling out in the nlcs every year like there are a lot of things the cubs could be doing that they aren't due to reasons we don't know to make their team better and Mm -hmm. hopefully we can still see them making a deep run they definitely have the potential to but there's just there's a lot there's way too many unknowns going into this year that basically make it so that we can't yeah and we'll just have to wait and see then and i think that's what's making a lot of people angry and anxious really yeah and i i totally agree with that and i think we'll have to see how the team handles that going forward but i don't think i don't expect much at this point to be honest like you know we were talking about them being out on bryce harper and everything i i just the way i see it and i've had this feeling for the last few weeks now i can just see the cubs going into spring training doing nothing even though they yeah. kind of tease, maybe they'll get a bullpen guy or whatever. I could see the Cubs just going into spring training doing nothing, and this season being playing out very less than what Cubs fans have hoped uh, in terms of that. And then I think we'll see a lot of criticism from or, or towards Tom Ricketts, um, especially because of the fact that he doesn't seem that he doesn't seem that they need to spend more money. I mean, granted, he's the owner; he's the guy that's writing the checks and everything, but. I mean, dang, it would sure be great to to have a, a, a little bit more aggressiveness, especially when you fall up short. And, you know, the one thing that was heard a lot from Cubs players when they were asked, you know, what's the, the one word that describes this team um, heading into 2019 when they were talking about it at CubsCon, um, which we'll get to in just a minute here, um, a lot of the players use the term hunger. And, I mean, what better way than to, to fuel that hunger than to get a Bryce Harper? or a Manny Machado or to, to, to go out there and get one of these guys and really fuel that hunger that, all right, let's go kick some major, you know what, and win another world series this year. Um, I think, I think if the Cubs fall on their hands and don't do anything this year, I wouldn't necessarily put the the blame on Theo because he's got to work with the budget and everything. But for Tom Ricketts, for not at least considering breaking the bank a little bit more, I think Ricketts could see a lot of criticism going forward if they don't uh, if they don't win a, uh, take advantage of the opportunity and win a World Series or at least have a deep postseason run this year. It's I, I always laugh when we always talk about this stuff because it's absolutely insane how high the bar has risen in the past few years. It's like yeah, right. We went from being happy just to make the playoffs every year to being like, man, if we don't make the World Series, this is I'm going to be furious and. It's good that it's at that height. I think even the coaches and Theo and management have said it's good that we're setting there. We are held to these expectations that we are held to these standards because they need to be. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you have all these high standards, if you have all this stuff, it's like, why aren't you doing anything to meet them? Because right now 
we're not seeing a team that can go all the way. We know they can, but we haven't seen it. We've seen them fizzle out in the NLCS and then bust out in the uh, in the wild card game after losing a one game playoff to a team that you probably should have beat. Um, how can you how can you not expect a lot of anxiety and a lot of frustration and a lot of anger when? You have a team like that, and you don't do anything to change it. You, in fact, you actually lose a few players. You would spark internal conflict with this whole Addison Russell thing. And basically now you say you're not going out to go sign the guy or two of the best players in baseball right now to deals that would be insane, but definitely would be doable under the Cubs umbrella. Well, and, so, that's, and that's the thing too. The, I was looking at this the other day because I saw an article on NBC Sports Chicago um, Actually, I think it was posted about a day ago, and they were talking about the odds for which the Cubs could get Mike Trout when he becomes a free agent in uh, 2021. And the only guys that the Cubs have guaranteed contracts for 2021 um, are Jason Hayward and Hugh Darvish, but they also have $13 million in buyouts um, that's owed to John Lester, Rizzo, and Descalso. And even if they don't pick up the respective options for those guys, the team already has $58.5 million committed to that 2021 payroll and only two actual players and on this hypothetical roster would could pick up those options and that would be Lester for $25 million and then Rizzo again would pick that up for 14 and a half and then if Descalso picks it up that'd be three and a half. So that'd be the grand total of commitments for 2021 to $88.5 million. Not to mention the fact that Chris Bryant would be in his final year under team control and a contract that could come a lot of money. To spend. Uh, yeah. With a ton of money there too. Um, plus the final arbitration years in probably the most expensive years for Baez, Schwarber and Russell. If he's still around at that point, not to mention Mike Montgomery and Carl Edwards jr. Would also be on that roster too. Um, but Contreras and Almora and Ian Happ will be in their second year of arbitration. Um, in 2021, and David Bodie would be in his first year of a non-rookie contract. So that would set up something big for the Cubs in a few years from now. But I'm sure something crazy will happen where they suddenly don't have the money to spend there on that time. too. Yeah, and you know what? That's exactly what I was going to say is that, you know, you just don't know how these things are going to plan out. And the Cubs might just sit on their hands then, too, um, especially because, I mean, you're going to have guys that are going to become free and soon like Nolan Arenado. Mike Trout, like I just said, I mean, you're going to have all these guys that are going to become available and the the Cubs aren't going to take advantage of their window and try to expand that window and open that window larger. This is the thing that makes it frustrating for baseball is because the salary, even though there's a a cap, it's not really a, a hard cap like you have in hockey. I mean, you look at the Blackhawks and how they were able to win three championships and three Stanley Cups with uh, a core group of guys, but they were able to stay under that salary cap during all throughout those times. And yeah, a few contracts have kind of hurt them now where they're not as good of a team as they were a few years ago and father time catching up to some of those players. But I mean, dang it. I mean, you, that they were able to do that with barely a high, a salary cap of $80 million. So if you think about it, one this with all those Cubs rosters, about eighty and a half million and a half million, that's only basically for about a handful of guys, maybe a half a dozen to a dozen guys. And the Blackhawks did that with all of their roster to stay under that and win three Stanley Cups. And that's the, well, the frustrating thing. Mm, the Blackhawks could find a way to do it. The Cubs can definitely do Yeah, it. and the Cubs are just, I feel like they're being very, very conservative with their money. Which, 
again, it's the Ricketts family. They're trying to save money. And I understand there's a few bad contracts that I'm sure the Cubs would like to take back. I mean, but dang, you know, I mean, find something to, to make it work. I mean, let Theo and Jed do their things. And it's just very frustrating. I think the ownership hasn't been um, very upfront with it. And then not to mention, going back to CubsCon, they canceled their panel this year. And I understand that they might have been the lowest rating and it, it, that part was true. But that's a bad time to cancel it with all the stuff that's happening and fans want to know why they're not doing things with such as, you know, not only we've just been talking about the free agency, but the whole Addison Russell situation. I mean, there's a lot of female fans that I'm sure would have loved to have gotten the chance to ask Tom Ricketts, why did you take this chance? Or, you know, I mean, I mean, there's a GoFundMe page, for Christ's sake, about yeah. buying out Addison Russell's contract. I mean, that's the thing. It's a bad timing and a bad look for the, the Ricketts, especially Tom Ricketts right now, because he's the face of that ownership group um but we'll see what happens like I, i've always said going forward but it's it's not looking good at least in terms of right now for ownership going forward more specifically like i said tom ricketts yeah it'll be it'll be a tense year and obviously there could be a lot of things that fall into place and suddenly the cubs are one of the best in the league and they'll have like a 20 game lead in the central by the all-star break and everything will be great but they're I feel like a lot of people are going into this year bracing for a catastrophe. Um, yeah. And there's only, there's only really one way to find out, and that's just we'll wait and see, and we'll get our first looks uh, coming up into Arizona when spring training begins. We'll start seeing how things play out and how some of the guys are looking. And Although it's not a tell-all, but it'll be nice just to see baseball going again, and it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think the Cubs definitely need to come out this year roaring order it'll be tough there'll be a lot of people criticizing them and going after them and they'll all eyes will be on them because they're basically the only really good sports team we're going to have over the summer with the hawks not really doing anything the Sox still in their rebuilding and bears aren't going to be playing so all eyes will be on them yet again and we'll see what what they can do uh, moving on i guess we'll do a little quick cubs con wrap up we've we've sort of touched upon things here and there from it but um overall i think people enjoyed the cubs con this year um the normal cringe moments of the kids only press conference and people asking for (laughs) autographs and oh my gosh that all the other fun stuff but it was nbc sports chicago or or the cubs facebook um Mm -hmm. somebody did a facebook live of one of the panels and, and all it was is what people I watched. For I watched the full thing, and it was there was probably uh, a dozen people that went in those question lines and asked for an autograph. And <laughs> and Ron Coomer, who was the the um, the moderator of the panel, after the first time they asked that, he said, "Take your chance at the autograph sessions. We're not taking, and none of these guys are signing autographs while they're here." And then people kept doing it, and then people kept doing it, and it was just yeah, like, "Can right. you move on from that, please?" I mean. You know, I, I tweeted it out from our Twitter at uh, 108 Bricks Pod. Um, if we had a dollar for every time Be somebody rich. asked for an autograph during Cubs convention at a panel, we wouldn't need to play the lottery. We would be rich already. I mean, it's yeah. just insane the amount of people that do that and just don't care. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Um, that's just typical Cubs con, though. And- it's it's a fan service thing. People have a lot of fun. They get their questions, and the autograph hunters will get their autographs, and people go absolutely nuts over Chris Bryant. It's like 
that's how it works. I, I will say this. It was kind of funny because the, the kids only press conference. I don't know if you saw this. You, you probably did. Uh, but they FaceTimed Rizzo. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know if he was on his honeymoon or something, but whoever FaceTimed him was like, that's not Florida. You liar. You're or you're in Florida. You liar. You're not on your honeymoon or something like that. Um, but they FaceTimed him during the, the kids uh, that's only press conference, which was pretty funny. That's pretty fun. And it should be good. We got a lot of answers from guys like upper management and stuff like that. And the only really fun thing that came out of that was Chris Bryant called uh, St. Louis boring. And I guess it pissed <laughs> off Yadier Molina a lot. Well, and then Yadi's like, I'm going to take it onto the field. And it's like, oh, are you like, gonna, sure. You go ahead. You throw a f- ball. Have have a high fastball thrown at Chris Bryant. See how that's going to go for you. Yeah. Just because you call. He's like, ah, yeah, look how boring St. Louis but is. I mean, We're going to call cause brawls every game. I mean, think about like, it from Chris on. Bryant's perspective, though. He grew up in Las Vegas. He goes to college in San Diego. He still lives in Las Vegas. He goes to college in San Diego and he now plays ball and, and partially lives in Chicago. Of course, when you compare those three cities yeah, to St. Louis, all these things, St. Louis, anybody is going to say St. Louis is boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a fun town. People don't go into downtown St. Louis for fun. They'll go to the outskirts of St. Louis around the 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 suburb the suburban areas and like the small towns there yeah, to have their fun. That's where the, the, the St. Louis St. Zoo Louis and like the, the museums boring. and stuff are. It's all outside of St. Louis. There's barely any nightlife in St. Louis. That's an understatement. I mean, unless you want to go to the Arch. Which oh yeah, boy, the arts like fun once. Take up, take that yeah. diagonal el- uh, elevator up to the top, and it's, uh, it's fun as a tourist. But like, I'm sure room. you're not just like if you and your buddies are like in St. Louis, and you're like, hey, what do you want to go do? I don't know. Grab a few beers and go up the arch. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not gonna happen too often in this day and age. So well, I don't know. I don't really sit think... by the Mississippi with a couple of brewskis. I don't know. Yeah, it's really there's not there's not a lot of fun stuff to do out there, and other than go watch baseball, and even then, it's not that fun. because like, then you're ending up watching the Cardinals. Like, I get Yadi's reaction because he's he's lived there in St. Louis, and it's kind of personal to him because it's his home, like his home away from his uh his original country. Um, but however, chill out, dude. Seriously. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's like, God, it's at a Cubs convention. It's at a fan convention. I mean, if, if, if Matt Carpenter went to a, a Cardinals fan thing and said, yeah, you know, Chicago sucks, you know, or whatever. And all the Cardinals fans would be like, yeah, woohoo. And then, you know, are you, you're not going to see like Anthony Rizzo call you know, Matt Carpenter, like a piece of, you know what, or whatever, yeah. like chill out. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> it was just light, light banter. And an event literally held. Yeah, for... but Yachty took it personally. It's like, chill, yeah, which also just makes absolutely no sense, but whatever you can't. It's like, get off my Take lawn. It as it is. It's, it's entertaining from a fan's perspective, I guess, but still super weird. Yeah. <laughs> Overall. Um, but that was pretty much the big highlights from the Cubs con. Um, another quick hit is the other day, um, all the hall of famers were announced. Yeah. That was really cool to see. It was, it was a lot of fun to see no cubs. And you know, what's funny as I was thinking about it is, um, there aren't going to be a lot of cubs in a while. Yeah. Um, there, there really has not, there aren't going to be a ton coming up other than Sammy Sosa, who's been on the ballot for a while. And even he may not end up getting in there, but if you look between that era of Sammy Sosa and where we're at now is I don't see any big names that stick out as, wow, this is, this guy's going into the hall or even as like this guy's going into the hall as a cub. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I do like this class a lot, though. Um, I, I do have a little bit of a problem, not so much with the, the guy, but the fact that Mariano Rivera was the, the first um, unanimously Unanimous. voted. I'm not, like, don't get me wrong, I'm happy for Rivera. He was a, a he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to go in unanimously. But I thought Ken Griffey Jr. to be deserved to be the first one. And it came out in like a few weeks after the um the the votes became public that guys some like a few guys didn't vote for Griffey on their ballot because they wanted to keep other guys on the ballot, which I can understand. You know, that makes sense, but you there have, is you, you have way a too many politics involved with the with the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, but I mean, even Sometimes. still, you have a duty as a as a baseball writer to vote these guys in, and to add a little bit of politics into it to to keep your guy. Uh, that sits with me the wrong way a little bit. I'm happy for Roy Halladay and his family. The, the late Roy Halladay, um, he got 85.4 percent of the votes. Um, um, Mike Mussina getting in and Edgar Martinez deserves to be in. I mean, he's been sitting oh, yeah. out there for a long time, long overdue, and he finally gets in. So I'm happy for Edgar to finally make it into the Hall of Fame. Um, but there was a little bit of an increase in some votes. I mean, we saw Roger Clemens go up to 59%. He he's was at 57 last year. Uh, Barry Bonds went up uh, to 56 or to, excuse me, to 59%. He was I think at eventually one they'll make it in, but you never know. Yeah, but the biggest surge um, came in support for Larry Walker. Um, last year, he was at 34.1% of the vote, and this year he was at 54% of the vote, which I, I'm i a big Larry Walker fan, so I would like to see him get in the Hall of Fame. And he even tweet, tweeted out that he would like to see another Canadian get alongside uh, Fergie Jenkins, which I thought was yeah. uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah. But regardless, I'm I'm really happy for them. I would love to see more guys uh from the cubs in the future possibly get in maybe we'll with this crop of guys that's on the team now i you'd think we'd see at least one of them sooner or later depending on how well chris bryant or anthony rizzo's rest of his their careers go and maybe even javi if he keeps playing the way he's playing you really you really never know but um it's hard to see well that's pretty much all the cubs news we have we'll go on to our last little quick segment here is yeah, we told we you guys last week coming into this episode of who what position do you want to see our top five or hear our top five of and the winner of that was pitcher starting pitchers to be exact so yeah. um i guess we'll start with you curtis number five oh, who do you got okay. uh number Sorry, five we're gonna, we're gonna go right into it <laughs> right into it number five um for me i'll just go through my top five real quick for number five okay, for me cory kluber uh, of the Cleveland Indians. Number four, I have Chris Sale. Number three, this is where people are going to like look at me a little differently, but I have a reason for this. Um, okay. Because we're talking about starting pitchers right now. Number Num- three. Number three, I have Clayton Kershaw. Um, okay. Number two, I have Jacob deGrom. And number one, okay. I have Max Scherzer. Okay, well, I agree with you on two of them. Um. Number seven, or not number seven, number five. Yeah, I'm going top seven, dude. Uh, no, number number five, I have Garrett Cole. Um, oh, that's a good I pick. Know, uh, yes. Then I have um, number four is uh, Justin Verlander. Uh, then number three, Chris Sale. Number two, Jacob deGrom. And number one, Max Scherzer. I don't have... Clayton Kershaw is not on my list of top five. He's... Yeah, I- 
and everybody I'd put loves, him at number six. Everybody loves the guy. Listen, Kershaw is, in my opinion, the greatest regular season um, pitcher of all time. Not I the think greatest he's postseason pitcher. Yeah, but his postseason numbers. I mean, don't get me wrong. Are atrocious. He's really done uh, battled through a lot. I mean, just in terms of injuries and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, he has not been. I mean, the the greatest postseason pitcher. Um, for the Dodgers, I mean, he's he's got a really good uh, regular season record. You know, t- 2011 he went 21 and five. Uh, he did the same thing again in 2014, 21 and three, 18 and four in 2017. I mean, so he's in general a really good, solid regular season pitcher. But when it comes to the to the postseason, I mean, it kind of becomes a, a different step because I mean, let's let's look at the numbers here in terms of. What he did, I mean, he did, let's see here, we'll go into 2013. He got a win against Atlanta, um, and then he went, he got in the 2013 NLCS, he lost to St. Louis twice, and he had ERAs um, at 630 and 7, uh, 7.82 in those. And then, let's see, heading into the New York Mets, he went 1-1 one one in the postseason. He had a, a decent ERA then. Then you go to 2016. He had he was one and zero with an ERA over five against the Nationals, and then against the Cubs he went one and one with an ERA at, at three, and then in 2017 ERA of 5.68, 2.45, and 4.02, and then last year in the World Series against the Red Sox he went zero and two with an ERA of over seven. So in the Sheesh. eight years that he's been in the postseason, he's got an ERA of 4.32. In the seven NLDS appearances, he's got an ERA of 3.72. In his two World Series appearances, he's got an ERA over 5. And NLCS, he's got an ERA over 4.6. Yeah, he's not going to be one of the guys I'm going to tap to uh, be my opening starter no, for and that, and any that's, playoff this is, game soon. This is strict, my list was strictly on if I had to win one game. And I, I would consider Kershaw in the mix for the one game. Um but if I were to look at a, a World Series Game 7 sort of situation, who am I going to give the ball to? It would be DeGrom or Scherzer for oh, me. Oh, 100%. Or even Sale. Sale, too. Um, Sale had an interesting postseason um, in his debuts, though. Um, he, I thought he was going to get a little bit of Clayton Kershaw syndrome in the postseason. Uh, but Kluber also has done really well in the he postseason. He got lit up in the, in that, uh, in the uh, wild card game. Yeah. Uh, about a year ago uh that was that was his like first time we got to see him in playoffs and everyone was worried because they're like oh man he does have that clayton kershaw syndrome <laughs> he's not going to be that great but he he picked it up and we even saw him coming into reliever roles uh closing out games <laughs> later in the playoffs especially against that um the uh that I mean, houston squad as they just wanted to end them right then and there <laughs> now chris sale has has been uh, four series in the postseason um, in his two years. So these numbers are, are are a little inflated. Hopefully, if he gets more appearances, these will kind of die down a little bit for him. In the two ALDS appearances he's made, he's one and two with an ERA of six point one nine. In the ALCS in the World Series uh, that they went to this year with the Red Sox, um, he's got an e- he's got no decisions, so n- oh no wins, no losses. But his ERA for the ALCS is 4.5 in the World Series is 5.4. And then in the ALDS, um, I think I already mentioned this, 6.19. 
Um, oh. I mean, but his ERA after the ALDS to the uh, the Astros in 2017, his ERA there was 8.38 <laughs> in Ooh. two games. Um, he started one of those. He came in relief for the uh, I think it was game five um, in Boston that year, and then this past year, I mean, he went one and zero against the Yankees in the ALDS. He was really good in that series. He had a 2.84 ERA there. Um, again, he appeared in two games, but he started one of them in the ALCS. He appeared in uh, one start in which he had a 4.50 ERA, and he only went four innings. Um, he also walked four. That was a career high for him in that one. And in the World Series, I mean, he went. Uh, he had two games, one which he started, and one which he finished. He went five innings in total in the World Series. He struck out ten though in the World Series in general. So he had a, a really Jeez. good uh, strikeout ratio. Good strikeout rate. Yeah. yeah but uh, the ERA was still a big hindrance, and his walks um, died down a little bit in there too. But he allowed four home runs in his first ever postseason appearance. So. For me, I would look at him still a little bit. Like I said, the numbers are a little inflated compared to Kershaw's, but I mean, still, that would be uh, something to consider down the road. Yeah. And so Which, it's kind of funny how we both ended up agreeing on our top two, at least, of, uh, of Scherzer. Scherzer, Scherzer and DeGrom. DeGrom had an insane year with the Mets, and it seems like now the Mets are buffing up around that. So maybe, hopefully, he'll get a few, uh, He'll get some run support and get a few wins back because God did he look good last year and just the team around him did not. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, too, if you want to partake in with us in having us choose who our next, uh, position that we'll pick, we're going to do all infield positions. So there'll be four options, first, second, short, or third. And again, this will be in all of baseball right now. Um, not of all time right now. And, uh, we'll make our picks. Uh, you can go ahead and vote on, our Twitter page at 108 bricks pod and uh, we'll have the results and we'll be ready for another top five list next week. Kind of something to kill time as we head into uh, spring training in the next few weeks here. Yeah, we're getting ready two weeks. The next time we record, it'll be going into spring training. So that'll be really Dang. exciting. I'm really, that'll be. <laughs> I need some change since the bears got out early. And I mean, the Blackhawks haven't been doing too well. Um, they won their last two games as we're recording this, but um, and they're on the all-star break, but dang, it'd be nice to have some winning baseball teams, uh, to watch here in uh, Chicago. So with that being said, guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, if you want to follow Dylan and I on Twitter, you can follow me at Curtis K underscore radio. You can follow Dylan at hi underscore. I'm underscore buck. And don't forget to, to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at one way bricks pod. Um, and I think on Facebook, it's just 108 Bricks Podcast, a Cubs podcast. Um, so you can go ahead and like us on there. We post all the episodes on social media. So be sure to uh, keep track and uh, come back and look us up on that. And also be sure to subscribe to us here on iTunes as well uh, and on all the other outlooks where you find your podcast too. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. We will see you guys next week and go Cubs. <laughs>